Welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Kintsugi Life is about learning, growing and strengthening from the times of adversity and challenge that we all go through. It's about valuing them as part of what makes us who we are. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. In this episode, I want to talk about a tactic for keeping mind, body and soul together. The idea of using it so that we don't lose it. One of the few positives to come out of 2020 for me was that I got into the best physical shape of my life. It's all relative, of course, and while I wasn't ready to feature on the cover of Men's Health magazine, I felt fitter, stronger and happier with my appearance than I have for years. I even had the beginnings of a six-pack. Well, a couple of cans of it anyway. We took a summer road trip in August, socially distanced visits with family and friends across the country, and a week of camping to end it all. For the first time in many years, I was happy to sit shirtless in the sunshine when the opportunity presented itself. Summer was good. It was also largely sedentary. In a normal lockdown week, I'd have exercised daily. During our three weeks away, I ran once and lifted no weights, other than liberally raising cans of beer to my mouth to drink. It's been a couple of months since summer ended, and I've yet to recapture the form or the passion for exercise that felt second nature in spring and summer. I've tried and occasionally managed to work out three or four times each week, but it still feels painful. I'm not enjoying it. Form and strength are slow to return, and while I'm not quite back to square one in fitness terms, my entire mindset regarding exercise and fitness has retreated back to where it was pre-lockdown. Instead of feeling excited to work out, it feels like a chore, an insurmountable struggle to get going. I'm frustrated to have let good habits slip, I wonder why my exercise mojo has deserted me. The answer is simply that if you don't use something you've worked hard to maintain, you'll quickly lose it. The principle holds in many aspects of life, or so it seems to me. It's frustrating to contemplate, but mostly true. It's not enough merely to develop a skill, establish a practice, or attain a particular position in life, such as finding a partner and persuading them to fall in love with us. If we don't apply ourselves towards those pursuits continuously and with consistency, then in all likelihood they'll degrade in quality or disappear completely. We've got to use it or lose it. Use your body, otherwise it will cease to function as smoothly or as efficiently as it once did. My fall from fitness grace over the summer vacations easily explained. I ate and drank liberally and trained little. The combined effects could have been predicted in many ways and I don't regret that either. We had fun. That said, it's frustrating that if we want to better ourselves physically, whether to build strength and endurance, then we need to commit to a programme that will bring those results and sustain them for the long term. There really is no way around that fact, and it's our collective refusal to accept the need for maintenance of weight loss and fitness gain that probably explains why 80% of all crash diets fail, with most or all of the weight gained back within 12 months. The methods and mindsets associated with quick fix-up solutions, such as the so-called master cleanse, where participants subsist on water, maple syrup, lemon juice and cayenne pepper, rely on drastic measures designed to achieve the goal, in this case radical and potentially dangerous weight loss. 
They ignore the need for enduring behaviour change if we're to maintain the results for the long term, not to mention the risk that they bring about in significant health risks and complications too. The human body naturally finds equilibrium where our fitness, weight and health reflect our typical levels of activity and food intake. If you're not willing to live a more active life and eat more modestly for the long term, then you should expect that the short-term improvements are likely to be lost. Exercising and remaining active aren't just the preserve of those seeking to look and feel better, but are widely acknowledged to be fundamental to longevity and lifelong well-being, as confirmed studies from the Harvard School of uh, Health reveal. If you want your body to support you for as long as possible, you need to make sure you use it to its full potential on an ongoing basis, not just to achieve a desired goal, but for life. Test your brain to keep it young and active. As a father of four, one of my greatest fears, beside the risk to health, was the impact that the coronavirus and the associated lockdown might have on my kids' education. A recent study carried out by the London School of Economics, and as reported by the BBC, determined that around a quarter of pupils in England, around two and a half million kids, had received no schooling or tutoring during lockdown. In the same article, a 16-year-old student shared her own experiences of returning to full-time education after a long break from school. Where she was previously able to concentrate for hours at a time, she now finds it difficult to maintain focus and finds more work more stressful, due in part to not having had such a long break from education. The effect isn't peculiar to the coronavirus lockdown or to kids finding it hard to adapt to the mental demands of full-time education after a break. Most will attest to the difficulties we face in getting back to work after a vacation or even a weekend. It takes time for our brains to gear up to the challenges presented by work and to call upon the mental skills demanded by our job, which for most are different to those called upon in leisure. The times when I seem to get most work done are those when I'm in a flow state, in a groove, having been in the same, doing the same work for hours. At this point, my brain is used to the demands I'm placing upon it and is primed for more of the same. It also happens when I'm slightly busier than I might like, and with a task list that's uncomfortably long rather than too short. Stretching and taxing it are ways of bringing about the best. Another Harvard study cites seeking out mental stimulation as the number one way of keeping our brains young and preserving mental function into old age. The paper emphasises the importance of mentally taxing activities such as crosswords and math puzzles as a means of stimulating production of new brain cells and encouraging neural plasticity, the adaptation of the brain to new challenges and uses prompted by exertion. Just as we exercise our body to keep it fit and healthy, it's equally important to use our brains to their fullest extent to preserve and maintain them as we get older. Service the needs of the soul. It's possible to encourage the health of our body and our mind through regular use, but the benefits of use it or lose it apply equally to the health of our souls too. Consider these examples. Speaking with family and friends regularly to maintain a connection. For much of my adult life I've lived a distance from my family and some of my closest friends. It hasn't always been easy, but on some level I'm accustomed to the fact that when we've not been together for a while and haven't spoken either, it can take a while to feel completely at ease again. This isn't a reflection of the closeness of our bond, but rather of how relationships work. We ease into feeling comfortable around those with whom we're in regular and close proximity. 
That probably explains how we're able to get along with co-workers whose company we may not otherwise choose, but for the fact that we work together. To overcome feelings of separation and to maintain a closeness of bond, try reaching out to those you care about more frequently, even if you can't be with them in person as much as you'd like. A regular email, call or even a text every few days may be a poor substitute for regular contact, but if it keeps dialogue open, then it may well serve a useful purpose in servicing and strengthening the connection between you. Making regular gestures of love and affection towards partners. As a twice married and once divorced man, I have at least a little experience of what makes happy and sustainable marriages. A big part of that is keeping the spark of love alive through regular kindnesses and gestures of affection towards your partner. Taking each other for granted, acting with mutual apathy and neglecting to make time for each other are surefire routes to unhappiness. Healthy relationships are those where kind words and loving gestures are scattered freely and liberally throughout life, not just saved for an infrequent date night or special occasions marked with a bunch of flowers and a card. A healthy relationship is part of what sustains and nourishes the soul, but it needs to be take, have work put into it if it's to be maintained and give us what we need from it. Taking regular time out for yourself. I had my kids early in life, and for a long while felt like I could delay gratification and put my own interests and hobbies to one side if my kids' needs were met. Time proved me wrong. Whether your me time is spent reading, writing, golfing or walking, it's important to make sure that adequate time is devoted to meeting your own needs, as well as those of your family. We all need time with friends and time alone, scattered liberally throughout life. It's simply not possible to blow off steam on a quarterly weekend away with the boys or girls and feel equipped to handle daily life for the rest of the time. Building regular time into each week and each day, preferably, to ensure that you can express your own interests and pursue your own goals is essential. It's a fallacy to think that you can bypass this need purely through living in the service of others. Such time is part of sustaining our life force and expressing ourselves as individuals. It's about using our time for ourselves rather than losing it and dulling down our own identity in the process. So summing up, when I'm in the zone with my exercise regime, the benefits I enjoy transcend the end state. It's not just about how quickly I can run a mile or how heavy a weight I can lift. It's about how I feel in myself when I'm exercising and how I feel afterwards. Using it, then, in fitness terms, isn't a chore to be suffered out of fear of losing it. Instead, it's about enjoying the process and knowing I'm doing it for the right reasons, not purely motivated by a goal. Use it or lose it isn't necessarily a comforting mantra. It's a useful reminder, though, that most things in life need to be done regularly repeatedly and with vigour and commitment if we're to enjoy them to the full. I hope you continue to use it and lose it in all the things that you value in life and I hope that you found that useful and interesting. And in the meantime, this is Toby from Kintsugi Life saying goodbye. You've been listening to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. You can email me on toby at tobyhazelwood.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love for you to leave me a positive review if you feel unworthy of one. And I'd also love for you to share this with anyone else who you think might benefit from the content. Until next time, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye.